Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential, along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business, Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. One of our favorite shows for many reasons was an episode cleverly called High on Mushrooms that aired in April of 2019 and brought together two interesting, unlikely guests whose worlds could not have been more different. Paul Charbonnet, a drone pilot and the owner of Atmosphere Drones, which shoots all sorts of aerial scenes from movies, TVs, and a variety of uses, and Cyrus Lester, co-owner of Mushroom Maggie's Farm, a St. Francisville-based farm of specialty and exotic mushrooms that Cyrus and his wife Maggie sell to local restaurants, farmers markets, and specialty distributors. Though Paul and Cyrus were strangers to each other when they met on our show, several months later and quite by chance, they became next-door neighbors and from there, personal friends. In the few years since, a lot has changed. Both have weathered the pandemic. Cyrus has had a second child. and Paul has started a second company called Compass Visuals, which specializes in robotics that work with cameras to create hyper-real videos. And both have done very well growing their businesses. So today, we thought it would be fun to welcome back two old guests and new friends to see how they're doing and what's new with Atmosphere Drones and Mushroom Maggies. And Paul and Cyrus, welcome back. It's so good to see you both again post-pandemic. And thank you all so much for this fun idea of reuniting where it all began. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So, so Paul, let's start with you. I mean, catch us up real quick. You've launched a second company since we last met. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the beauty of drones was just being able to have uh, uh, constant camera movement. Uh, and I, I always wanted to be able to do that in a more controlled, more localized spot. And so we looked into it and we got a motion controlled robot uh, to where we can uh, put a camera on the end of it, uh, program and repeat moves over and over again. Uh, And we've done stuff for a wide variety of clients uh, all all over the country with it. Now, I I thought drones were kind of like inherently robotic. I mean, they they sort of are responding to a computer cue in a little thing that you're controlling and they're up there shooting so this is like an additional robot yeah so so you know drones are essentially robots themselves but you are operating within a a fluid which is air so so having the repeatability there's always going to be that margin of error of you know is the wind blowing you know and it'll it'll push you around but uh but essentially in in uh the lowest form of describing the robot is if you've ever seen a a car manufacturing plant and they have those big robotic arms that are moving things around, we have one of those that has been specially programmed to where we can use it uh, with a digital interface to be able to position the camera in one one point, move it to a, a wide variety of other points, and we can repeat that movement over and over again exactly, you know, pixel for pixel accuracy. 
And so in for commercials, like, you know, if you see a food commercial where they're throwing a burger through flames and all that sort of stuff, it's done with these robots. Cool. And so, so we, we have the first one that's ever been in the state and uh, we, we have it and we're building a studio for it and everything. So it's just going gangbusters on it. Well, congr- I want to hear more about that, but Cyrus, I want to bring you into the conversation. Tell us about the growth of Mushroom Maggie's over the past few years. I mean, all right. Um, so basically, we we started off doing really well um, since we last met, and then kind of COVID hit. Um, we had about six employees at the time, and we uh, overnight we lost about ninety percent of our business because we sold mostly to restaurants. And all um, the restaurants were closed. Correct. So we had to lay off all of our employees, and um, we just kind of, Maggie and I, worked 12-hour shifts, 12 hours with the kids and 12 hours with the farm, and we just tagged in and out for a couple years, um, or about a year and a half before, before we were start hi- hiring people back, basically. Um, and now we're back to full capacity, and we're trying to expand. And so you, you, all your restaurants came back, and I assume you've since added, added more, and, and farmers markets, and specialty stores or specialty distributors. Um, so basically, right now, we, um, some of our, our, some of our restaurants did not come back. Like, take for example, um, Emeralds. They, they closed down. I think one, maybe two restaurants in New Orleans. Yeah, um, sure. A lot of restaurants got hit really hard, you know, and we, we felt the backlash of it afterwards um, from being forced to just stop business altogether. Um, what happened with us, we, we, we had just started hiring employees and we didn't even have the payroll set up so we couldn't get PPP um, and finally we had to work it back in so it kind of, you know, a couple little bumps in the beginning there um, but we kind of persevered and made it through and we're back to full capacity and trying to expand. Well, glad to know about that. Before I ask y'all more business questions, tell me about how, y- how y'all's friendship developed. Um, was it a spark on this show, or just coincidentally y'all bump into each other in the neighborhood? Uh, well, it happened before that. Uh, mm-hmm. The first time I remember seeing Cyrus in the wild uh, <laughs> was, uh, was, was at a hardware store. I, I was leaving, he was walking in, and he recognized me. I guess my mind was focused on the project, <laughs> and uh, and he was like, "I was like, hey, you look familiar," and he's like, "Yeah, the radio's like, oh, okay." And so, so that was that was probably six months or so yeah. af- afterwards, yeah. um, and then then I think we saw saw each other in in public one other time after that, mm-hmm. and then I moved in 2014, not 14, 2019. Uh, I moved to St. Francisville, and then. Uh, Cyrus did did uh, soon after or soon before. It was one or the other. I know we moved in there right before Ian was born, and Ian will be five in October. So um, it was maybe a few months before he was born. We moved in there. Yeah. Um, so uh, of I'm sorry, 2000. I guess 19, 18. 19. 19. 19. Yeah, it would have been And so in our neighborhood, we have a, a wooded area with a nature trail that, w- that people go walking. And oh, so nice. Sure, and I live right next to it, and so I was walking in there, and then here's Cyrus on the trail looking for mushrooms. And so like we ran into each other again. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you just out here hunting mushrooms? Like, no, we're in the neighborhood. And we're like, what? 
And so, oh, and so, that's great. yeah. So we're, I mean, you yeah. know, you take a couple of baseball throws, and we can hit each other with it. Yeah. And uh, it's so much fun. Oh, it's great. We love and it out there. And this is a like a suburb, but in a country area, rural area. Correct. Yeah. Correct. St. Francisville is so lovely, but right. it's a relatively new sub subdivision. Well, no, no. Uh, it's 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 the Bluffs. Oh, sure. It's been there for I don't know twenty something years. Um, Thirty. Has it been since the 80s? Eight? Wow, since, yeah. I'm way far yeah. behind. Um, According to the CNR. Yeah, <laughs> I don't look too deep into it, but it, it backs up to Thompson's Creek. There's a nature yeah. trail that backs up to Thompson's Creek, and it's um, golf, yeah, battery-powered vehicles only, so we um, we enjoy our outdoors out there. So, Cyrus, you will hunt for your mushrooms, like, in your on the trails, as Correct. you were saying. And, mm -hmm. and, and you know that those are edible mushrooms yes ma'am we um i do a lot of um specifically chanterelle foraging there um but i have found some morels um there and also in the area and other varieties like chicken of the woods and uh, black trumpets um a few other varieties as well bowl eats um, a lot of edible species how many varieties are you cultivating and selling right now and maybe those are two different answers so right now we, we probably about 12 different varieties that we're cultivating um, we really only forage to sell one variety which is chanterelles um, we do forage morels but it's where st. Francisville is from what I understand or believe to be true is the like southernmost point where morel mushrooms grow and they don't really grow anywhere else in the state I've heard of a couple of people finding them in like northeast Louisiana. Um, so we have a, a just a unique ecosystem there where they grow and um, so we're, we found a good little patch and we pick those and give them to the chefs and loyal long-term customers at the market for free every year. Excellent. So. Paul, tell me about the world of drones um, and where things sort of, I remember a few years ago and, and probably even before that, mm -hmm. it was new People were kind of terrified that drones were going to, you know, invade their privacy and be hovering around their backyards and taking mm -hmm. pictures in their back windows. And, you know, it was a thing or you'd be lining up for a, a road race, a 5K, and you'd see the drone and get a little panicky. And now, right. like, I don't even think we think about them. But they're also, like, the fad among the amateurs seems to have passed. And, or maybe this is just my mistaken impression. Sure. Yeah. Um, Has there been an evolution? There, there has been, and I think a lot of it has been that uh, I think overall people's uh, desire to have a drone has come down just a little bit because they've, they've come down in price so much that a lot of people out, you know, who aren't using them professionally, I feel they just don't have a use for them. Which, if I wasn't flying drones or doing video, I'd have no use for a drone either. So they'll buy a drone, they'll get one for Christmas, uh, fly it around their neighborhood, realize my neighborhood is filled with trees, yeah. <laughs> and then they put it back on their shelf and never touch it again. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Drones, for sure, are not, a, a, they are the worst tool to use to spy on anyone because they're loud, they have <laughs> lights on them, and they only fly for about 10 to 20 minutes. And, uh, and as a wide angle lens, you're going to do better getting a $20 pair of binoculars at Walmart and hide in a bush. You know, right. that's going to be your way to, to creep on people, but uh, not supporting it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so my impressions are sort of accurate. And yet at the same time, 
the professional market and mm -hmm. demand for services from somebody who really knows what they're doing with the drone has yeah. probably grown as more uh, and more much you know real estate you know anything communications yeah. right oil oh. rigs the whole thing everybody it's, wants it's incredible aerial footage so a great example during the pandemic where movie sets were very uh, conscious of COVID and getting uh, unnecessary people close to talent or just each other, that we got, we did a lot of drone work uh, and some some of the robot too, purely because we could get the camera close to people without a actual person oh, being close to them. So brilliant. And That's so important. so we were, you know, really more of a, you know, during that time, we did just a lot of COVID compliant work to just to help shows and different films continue the film because we could get close. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, which was something I never thought of until they kept telling us, you know, well, we're trying to do this, but we can't get near the talent. Right, right, right. And, um, but yeah, but it, and, and same with the robot. One time we went to uh, uh, Kansas City and did a thing for uh, uh, DoorDash and Twitch where all the robot did was move the camera in a studio on a green screen around talent because huh. a human couldn't do it Wow! because of COVID. Okay. And I was like, hey, great tool. And, and has yeah. that usage continued? I mean, now that we're post-COVID? Uh, it's, it, uh, you know, post-COVID, it's not so much the, the desire for a drone or a robot now, but uh, the drone cameras have gotten so much better compared to what they were, I mean, just two years ago. I mean, honestly, since last year. Um, so, so they're becoming more of a staple, more of a, you know, you, you no longer have to compromise mm -hmm. with image quality from the camera as you had to back then. Now, like our, our newest drone, uh, the Inspire 3, shoots 8K video and a full raw, it's a full Tell frame what, camera. I'm sorry. I know, Tell me I what know. that means. <laughs> I, maybe so, everybody knows, but I don't. So. No, no, no. So, uh, most, you know, you have HD. Mm -hmm. which is great and now we have I 4k okay so 4k is better than hd 8k is i'm bad at the math either four or 16 times larger than 4k wow. um but you know they, you know no one can watch 8k they scale it down in post-production to and it just the the quality comes over it's good for visual effects and super 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 high quality yes mm -hmm. yes the dumb way of saying things that, that no, <laughs> things that no one outside of the film industry need Okay. Our, 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 our drones do. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Paul Charbonnet of Atmosphere Drones and Cyrus Lester of Mushroom Maggie's Farm. Cyrus, what kind of changes have, have happened, if any, in the mushroom world uh, since um, we met with you last? Let's I see. mean, and are there, has climate change affected, you know, these fungi and the ability to cultivate them? I wouldn't say that it really has changed um, it very much. You know, the the drastic change in the seasons, like the the dry spells or the really cold spells or the really wet spells. Um, some spells are better than others. Um, like it's it's hard to it makes it more difficult rather to humidify the air in the wintertime um, when the air is very cold. Um, and coming, we have to uh, humid, humidify it up to 95% or so. And um, But certain things like that we just have to adjust to. Um, there's certain pieces of equipment that we just kind of 
get yeah. in between then and there and um, change with the seasons. Um, but basically, the industry has blown up. Um, a lot of people are switching to our um, all natural medicines. A lot of people are switching to mushrooms, um, mushroom coffees or mushroom tinctures. Um, basically, the mushrooms with the medicinal properties in them. For example, lion's mane. Um, it's the most. It's the it's the only natural substance that can regrow your myelin on your myelin sheath. So they help with, it helps with. And that is your what? That's a good question. No, no. <laughs> so your myelin sheath. I you mean, talking about myelins and 8Ks. It, it, it affects your neuro, neurological, a like brain your thing. neurons. Correct. It's, okay. in, it's in your brain. Um, so it, it, um, it helps with multiple sclerosis, dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Um, helps you with your memory and that and, and many many other things it's um people should definitely read about it it's very very healthy for you as well as many other varieties sure. of mushrooms and so have y'all um have y'all has has educating your customers the local restaurant community the farmer's market customers has that been part of your mission is that part of your marketing and outreach to help educate people about the value of the mushrooms without a doubt so Right at the current, currently, and probably probably for the last year, we haven't been able to grow more mushrooms than we already do. So just because of space. Just because of space, correct. Yeah. Um, and basically, so we still do this all the time, though. We still do, like, magazines. We still do um, podcasts, radio shows. We did a, a, let's see, we did something with Emerald in December. We did a TV show with Emerald as well. So the more we can kind of just kind of let people know about mushrooms and how beneficial they are to people and how, how good they actually taste and what you can use them for and how to cook them and, and everything there is to know about them that we know at least. We, we just like to spread the word. Yeah. You know. How many local restaurants are y'all supplying? Let's see. We supply probably about, give or take, about 25 restaurants in New Orleans. Um, we kind of... we've In we've, New Orleans, in, even though you're based in St. Francis? Correct. What New about Orleans, in Baton Rouge? Baton Rouge... Um, we probably sell to about 10 or so. Um, we try and keep, uh, New Orleans is actually our biggest client base. Um, a lot of the restaurants, you know, they they um, they sell to a lot of tourists and locals as well. But um, so this time of year for some restaurants, they are a little bit slow because tourism's slow, but we still kind of push forward. We, um, it's it's been really good. We have like the Brennan's restaurants, um, Commander's Palace, Emeralds. Um, we have a lot of different restaurants. That Bearcat, Le Chat Noir, a lot of really nice restaurants who who use a lot of our mushrooms yeah. because they really love them and the dishes taste fantastic. Um, don't, don't don't forget grocery stores. That's correct. I've seen you in the grocery store. That's correct. We sell to. Um, Let's see, New Orleans Food Co-op in New Orleans. They kind of distribute our mushrooms there retail-wise. Um, we do the farmer's market here in Baton Rouge every Saturday. Um, and we also sell to Southside Produce and Calandros on Government, as well as the uh, Audubon Market in St. Francisville. And, Paul, have you gotten to be a mushroom fan since y'all became <laughs> friends? Actually, or? yes. Good. Uh, Cyrus. You don't have to say that. That was the right <laughs> no, answer. No, no, no. It's, 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 no, it's for, it's because before, previously, it was just, you know, what, what do you call them, the, the portobello yeah. mushrooms yeah. or whatever, and, right. you know, at the store or whatever. But after seeing Cyrus one time on the trail looking for chanterelles, he, he brought me like on my front door was just a, a paper towel balled up with, <laughs> with, with some chanterelles and i was like 
all right. Yeah. And I was like, because, you know, I'm not going to go in the woods and just eat something. Right. But I don't know what it is. But I was like, I trust Cyrus with it. And so, like, I literally went in and cooked them up. And yeah, I, I, I loved them. That. They were great. How did you cook them? Butter? Uh, yeah, I think butter. Mm-hmm. My, my wife, Sarah, helped me out with it. Uh, I don't exactly remember the recipe, but I know that it was a good, it, it, everything worked out. That's awesome. But, uh, but yeah, since then, I've, I've gone out and found some chanterelles. Mm-hmm. I think me and my mother-in-law picked like eight pounds of it That's one day. Awesome. That's a pretty good load. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, you know, because they were everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I've been continuously trying to find new stuff. I've, I've always wanted to try lion's mane. Uh, bring some. But Paul, tell me, was it difficult to launch a new company, you know, in the middle of everything else going on? Or were you so well established? Did you have trouble getting financing or anything? For it? No, uh, we actually didn't have to finance it. Uh, we, we bought the robot right out. Uh, so so in, in, uh, in Compass Visuals, uh, I have a partner, Freddie Mintz, who is a, a Baton Rouge director of photography. Incredible guy. I couldn't be partnered with anyone better. Um, and b- between me and him, we, we have put the robot to work uh, just with our, our own connections. Uh, but then, you know, kind of like drones, it's a very niche service. So we had no trouble selling it because the, the, biggest, the biggest hurdle that we had that I did not anticipate was having to explain to people what the robot is and what it does. <laughs> I, I guess in my mind, I thought it was just kind of one of those things that people knew but I then I had still to still can't picture it. In I, my know. Head. <laughs> I you know, and um, and and so 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 with that, that's that's been the the, the biggest hurdle. But other than that, uh, it, it, it's a great tool. I mean, we we've done stuff uh, with, with with Pixar with it uh, for a pinball machine company called Jersey Jack. Uh, we did this whole thing with the the Godfather movie it was a 40th anniversary yes, sort yes, of thing of so it's just, and we've done a lot with walk-ons doing some of their commercials for their food and all that sort of stuff and so your clients are all over are they primarily louisiana based or just I, not really i would say it, all over i mean with with the, the digital world you know they'll they'll just mail us a product say a, a, a shoe for example <clears throat> we'll we'll set the shoe up in the studio set the robot up shoot the shoe exactly how they want. We can live stream that video feed from the camera to the client via, you know, Zoom, Skype, whatever. Uh, so they get to see exactly what's happening. And then when they, they love it, we then just Dropbox it to them and they have the footage and that's it. So it's, it's, it's the good, th- uh, there's no way to make the make COVID nice, but, but it, it brought the whole teleconferencing thing yeah. a lot more tangible. And so that aspect of the robot has really been huge. How many employees are with your, between the two companies? So all, all we, we don't actually have like W2 employees okay. just because since, you know, like today we're not flying drones, so I'm not going to pay someone just to sit around. <laughs> and uh, so, so all, all our guys are 1099 contract workers, uh, and, but, which is great because they, they can go off and still do their passions of filmmaking and everything, which would then allow them to get better at their craft to then come back to us and make our stuff even more better. Um, is, is more, more better. better more better <laughs> that sounds good to me and so, <laughs> and, and so and so with that it, it's it's just a really great uh work environment for that yeah and uh so yeah so so but between all those people i have about 20 pilots who who, who do the drones uh, i have about 10 or 12 uh, camera operators who who then work with the uh the 
who cam up the drone. Um, because a lot of our drones are, are dual operators. You have a pilot who's just keeping it from, you know, hitting things and flying safely. And then you have the actual camera operator who's turning the camera, making sure it's getting the image that, that the production wants. Uh, and then with the robot, we have, we have, we have a handful of people. Uh, it takes about three people to operate the robot. So on any given day, you know, we will have about eight people who, who can jump in and, and work, work on it with us. Excellent. Yeah. Cyrus, how many people are with you and, and Maggie? Let's see, we have four full-time employees and one part-time employee currently. Um, and we're actually, tomorrow we are meeting with the Baton Rouge Mycological Society, as well as someone overseeing tourism in West Feliciana Parish. Um, we are trying to put together a mushroom festival out in oh, St. Francisville. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Such a wonderful idea. Yeah, definitely trying to educate people on foraging, um, growing, uh, identification you name it anything mushrooms so. well hopefully when we when we get back together again you can tell us about the mushroom festival and it'll be an annual thing by then that'll be on yeah. everybody's calendar and you'll have a bigger <laughs> farm and you'll be off flying drones everywhere <laughs> right. paul charbonnet and cyrus lester it's so great to see you both again and we're so happy that the out to lunch team could be the seed that would blossom into a friendship it's great to see you both thriving and growing and so great to have y'all in the community bringing your respective talents to us. So thanks so much for coming back to Out to Lunch. Well, thanks for having us. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Cyrus Lester of Mushroom Maggie's Farm and Paul Charbonnet of Atmosphere Drones. You can find out more about Mushroom Maggie's and Atmosphere Drones and hear our unedited conversation with Paul and Cyrus on the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by J.T. O'Neill. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, and our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansour's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily, 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System. Inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.